both. Hi there, Ollie Anderson here. You're listening to Creative Status. If this is the first time you found the podcast, welcome. This is a place where we talk about how the creative process is actually the process of growing more real or more authentic and basically transcending our ideas about ourselves so we can integrate some of the parts we may have been hiding and then start building a life that we truly want to live and that we can truly thrive on because it's aligned with our true values and intentions. If you don't know me, my name is Ollie Anderson. Like I said, I'm a creative performance coach, help people to bring realness into their lives and businesses. That's based on a book I wrote, Personal Revolutions, Short Cause and Realness, and all the stuff I've done with my clients and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, today's episode of Creative Status is an interview with Darius Wallace. Darius is a guy who has so many amazing things to say about some of my favorite topics in the world, uh, mainly yoga and storytelling, which is what this conversation you're about to listen to focuses on. Darius himself is an actor. He's a coach who helps people with public speaking. He's a public speaker himself. And he takes all of his learning uh, from these different areas to help us really dive deep into what storytelling actually is, how it can impact our lives, how it's linked to some of the lessons he's learned personally with yoga and all that kind of stuff. He's got a really great TEDx talk online about the yoga of storytelling as well. So check that out if you get a chance. But anyway, uh, here's the conversation coming up. Darius, thank you so much for your time and your energy. Everybody else, thanks for listening. If this adds any value to your life, then please consider leaving a review somewhere so other people can get value as well when they find the podcast. Other than that, here we go. Thanks a bunch. Boom. Oh, hi there, Darius. Thank you for hello, joining hello. me. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Creative Status. Yeah. Um, you're interested in two of my favorite topics of all time, which are yoga and storytelling. And you've done a lot of work looking at the connections between the two and how we can use the power of both, I guess, but storytelling in particular to heal ourselves and our lives. So before I ask you millions of different questions, do you, feel, do you feel like introducing yourself, uh, letting people know how you ended up doing what you do, and also sharing what you want to get out of this conversation that we're about to embark upon? Sure, sure. Well, again, I'm Darius Wallace. I'm an actor, speaker, and speaking coach. And um, really, you know, the way that I got into to acting was uh, my childhood hero, Bruce Lee. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, my father took me to see a Bruce Lee movie, and I wanted to be just like Bruce Lee. And I had trouble with reading, actually, when I was a kid. And my father was very concerned about it because I also had no interest. But he put the biography of Bruce Lee's life written by his wife, Linda Lee, on my desk. Mm-hmm. And that started me on the journey of loving the written and spoken word because I began to read. And what I learned was that he was an actor. Wow. A childhood actor in Hong Kong. And from that moment on, mm-hmm. I wanted to be an actor. At the time, I wanted to be a martial arts star, too. <laughs> a martial <laughs> arts star. But it got me into to acting. And um, I was so shy, though, that every time I stood in front of people, I would forget my lines. Mm-hmm. I also had trouble communicating, which made me an angry child. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've been 5'11", 100 and. 70, 80 pounds since I was 13 years old. And so I, between martial arts and being 5'11 at 13, Mm -hmm. I was, you know, prime target for gang life and and I got involved. But fortunately, my um, uh, middle school uh, vice principal gave me an ultimatum. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I could either continue in that life and end up in juvenile home, or I can mm-hmm. do what I love to do. And I chose what I love to do, which was acting. And mm-hmm. um, I had to get over my shyness, though. And I had a high school theater teacher that uh, taught me uh, how to do that, gave me techniques. And in the end, started me as a teenager on the journey of, of a life of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And um, so as an adult, after you know having been in film, television, uh, doing classical theater, Shakespeare, and theater around the country, I do a one-person show mm-hmm. on Frederick Douglass. One day, I was approached by a commercial realtor who wanted his uh, brokers to be better presenters. Mm. And uh, at the time, I didn't know what I was doing, so I just taught them acting techniques, but they loved it. (laughs) Wow, wow. And it worked, obviously. Yeah, and it worked. And so uh, that started me on the journey of of coaching speakers. And I've been the TEDx speaking coach for Memphis for the past seven years and um, also do speaking and have done some TEDx speaking. So... In a nutshell, that pretty much gets you to where I am uh, right now. So. Mm. That's actually an amazing story to start, <laughs> to start the show with. Like, Ultimately, you went from being very shy to using storytelling, I'm assuming, to kind of yeah. break, break through the shyness and then be able to help other people in their lives to do the same thing. So I'm going to dive right into it with the questions. How would you say the storytelling techniques helped you to overcome your shyness? Like, are there some lessons yeah. that we, we can all get from that, I guess? Yeah, well, you know, a, a lot of our, uh, one, some of us are natural introverts, which I am. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also, too, you know, those of us that may not be such wow. introverts, a lot of our fear and anxiety has a lot to do with self-consciousness and, self, mm-hmm. and, and also you know, with that, um, being conscious of ourselves in such a way that's not healthy. In other words, we have a low self image, low Mm -hmm. self esteem, low self worth. Mm -hmm. And I find that a lot with my, um, uh, people that I coach who are leaders and entrepreneurs and and Mm -hmm. influencers, believe it or not, can be terrified of speaking because there is, you know, some childhood trauma that's caused them to mm-hmm. have low self-esteem, low self-image, low self-worth. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so a lot of that also mm-hmm. has to do with being so self-conscious of yourself mm-hmm. that um, mm-hmm. you're, when you're in front of people, you know, you, you feel like everybody else is just as conscious as you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, which is actually not true. Actually, when people are out there, they're rooting for you. Mm-hmm. It takes mm-hmm. a very sick person to want you to <laughs> fail <laughs> when you're on stage. But so uh, one of the main things that um, happens, you have to release that self-consciousness yeah, and yeah. become more involved with the story itself. But ultimately, more involved with the people that you're talking to. It, it must become about the people yeah. and less about yourself, which is one of the things that helps you overcome. And so... When I was a kid, my high school theater teacher, seeing that every time I stood in front of people, I'd be really quiet. I forget my lines. Mm. Um, I, I, I couldn't. I had a pretty uh, thick Midwestern American urban accent. So people really couldn't understand me either. <laughs> you know, when I stood in front of people. Yeah. So my high school theater teacher taught me uh, an art form called mime or pantomime. Mm where I didn't have to use words. Wow. I just used my body. 
Mm. And about 85% of our communication is nonverbal anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more real. Yeah. And so I noticed that as I began to do mime, the the audience, they were engaged. Mm. And then I noticed when I did something funny, they laughed. And it was that first Mm. break of hearing audience laughter that broke through my shyness. Yeah. Um, Because, of course, you know, we actors, we naturally want to be loved. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it sounds like that laughter, that was confirmation that the story you were originally telling yourself that was making you self-conscious, the laughter basically showed that that story was an illusion and it put you in this place you were talking about where you realize actually the audience is rooting for you. And I think a lot of the time when people are self-conscious and they're seeing the world around them as judging them as being an imposter or been no good or whatever it is, what's actually going on is they're projecting their own unreal story that they have in their relationship with themselves out into the world. But if you can, I guess, push through it in the way that you did by just getting up and doing it, you get that validation that, okay, the only thing holding you back actually is the story. Because the stories yeah. we tell ourselves kind of dictate our lives, something like that. It, it's very, very true. The stories we tell ourselves, um, and uh, most times we tell ourselves very negative stories, but, you know, it's mm-hmm. not all our fault. It's mm-hmm. it's in the atmosphere. You know, it's online. It's um, in advertisement. It's on the news. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's through the lens of, of what mm-hmm. the, the box that people have kind of put us in that we begin to believe this very predominantly negative story of mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah. Um, the transformation of that makes all the difference in the world. And that was the beginning of a transformation for me of who I was and what I represented to yeah. uh, the world. And um, wow. that right away uh, led me to releasing my voice and mm-hmm. releasing my body. And, and before I knew it, I was getting leading roles and plays. Mm-hmm. At the school as a freshman, you know, which um, at that time, kind of like athletics, you know, you normally don't get to be in first string until you're a junior or senior. Mm. Well, there you normally don't get leading roles until you're a junior or senior. But I was a freshman in high school getting leading roles. Wow. um, Because of um, this this breakthrough. Uh, But interestingly Mm. enough, though, the Mm. breakthrough happened on stage. Right. Uh, where I began to tell myself a different story. I knew I had a gift, mm. but in life, yeah. I was still telling myself negative wow. stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Like, a lot of actors and performers, I guess, seem to have that issue where on stage, they can be totally real, they can be totally authentic and who they are, present in the moment and all that kind of stuff. But then when they get off the stage and they go back to the, you know, workaday regular world those old stories creep back in so i guess the question is what's stopping you know actors and performers and creative people who've had that experience have been in the flow and been real what's stopping them staying in that state i guess because that's where we all want to be yeah well i think that this is where the the subject comes into play um where uh storytelling is a yoga of the soul yeah, yeah. And acting is a part of that yoga mm-hmm. of the soul. Mm-hmm. That um, 
you know, the art of lying is the art of the con artist. Mm, mm. The art of the actor is the art of telling the truth. Wow. And yeah. so there's a, there is healing modalities mm. um, in the world of acting mm. technique. And I think we as actors only see these techniques of storytelling really is what it is. Mm. Um, as related to our performance on stage or on film, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But in fact, yeah, those techniques are ways to help us uh, wow. navigate in life. And so the issue is, is that we, we as actors, we think is only for the audience. And of course, it is a, it becomes a safe space over time. Mm -hmm. it, you know, the stage becomes a safe space because mm -hmm. it, we are able to get away from the negativity that we tell ourselves, and yeah. some yeah. we're able to become something else. Um, we're able to to be in a world that's not like you know, if it's a negative world, we know it's not our world, and if mm -hmm. it's a positive world, it might be a world that we actually want to live in that we're not, <laughs> and. Yeah. So, you know, that space wow. really becomes a playground for us of safety where we can be mm -hmm. somebody else, you know what I mean? And But then when we return to our lives, because we're not really doing any work on ourselves, mm -hmm. we are reminded of our past. Mm -hmm. And so that therefore we begin living once again in our past. Mm -hmm. And our past normally is laden with traumatic events that we mm -hmm. haven't been able to let go yeah um, i think in general humanity is dealing with that just in general but but definitely the actor um a lot of us when we go back mm -hmm. to our normal lives it's so unlike the imaginative world that we live in mm -hmm. that we you know we haven't developed the coping skills mm -hmm. uh, to deal with everyday um you know real life mm -hmm. if you want to call it real <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, actually, that's kind of the point I'm drilling home. I think, like, the thing that we call the world, day to day life, it's not really real. Like, right. it's yeah. a bunch, it's a bunch of concepts and ideas that we picked up, a bunch of scripts that somebody yeah. else wrote that we're following, and ultimately, what you just said about you know acting is telling the truth. Yeah. I think that is why it can offer healing to people because the only thing I believe that can heal people is a, a relationship with the truth. And I don't necessarily mean that in a spiritual way, like just being aligned with something true rather than untrue means that you're going to make authentic decisions. You're going to be aligned with your true values and your true intentions. And you're not going to be bringing friction to your life because you're hiding from who you really are. And so... Yeah. When you were just sharing what you're sharing, it reminded me of the Shakespeare quote, you know, all of the world's a stage, everyone's an actor, we're all players, blah, blah, yep. blah. And most people are acting in the sense that uh, you used as a kind of uh, contrast to the idea of acting being about telling the truth. Most people are acting in the sense that they're following these unreal scripts and stories that are kind of an illusion or a lie, if you want to use that word. Uh -huh. And the re the reason it's an illusion or a lie is because it's prompted by a lack of awareness, a lack of consciousness. And so when actors get on the stage and they're telling these stories with awareness that are sharing universal themes about the human experience and other things that are true, well, they're moving into that, the world that is actually real, even if it's just for a, 
a few moments or for the duration of the performance, it might not it might not be dressed in the language of truth, if that makes sense, but the un underlying themes and messages are linked with the truth. And so in those moments, they get to feel more real, but then they return to the world and the awareness goes away again and they end up acting without knowing that they're acting because they're following the script, which is just the world kind of imbued inside them or injected inside them because of social conditioning and past traumas and all this kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's, um, if we can come to understand that uh, the world of allegory is is more real. Yeah, yeah. And but then you know, wow. vibrating on a in a materialistic level, what we see every day is allegory. Yeah. Everything yeah. that we're looking yeah. at has a deeper meaning, and and when we understand that, yeah. Now we know how to be a little more in control of our imagination. And when we're in control of our mm. imagination, uh, we become the magi, as it were. If we, we, where if you notice, magi mm. is in the word imagination. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where we're able to create the life that we want, uh, manifesting the life that we, we desire to have. Yeah. Because we're realizing that, that Everything wow. that's happening in our life physically is allegory. And then also in our imagination is allegory. In religions around the world, is they're allegories. Yeah. Uh, myths are allegories. And we can go on and on mm. with that, that mm. there's this underlining truth, these underlining meetings that we're dealing with every day that, like you said, is is the truth or the, the true realness, as it were. Mm. Whereas what mm. interrupts that is mm. this other narrative that... Yeah. You know that we're we're dealing with a lot today around the world. Um, you know, and of course in the Middle East, it's really gotten to the extreme in in the most tragic and horrific way. But see that potential mm -hmm. it, it all is everywhere. Where all of that can happen anywhere around the world because of the negative use of the things that we're talking about. Yeah, this is a bit of a curveball question. I remember, you know. Before we recorded the podcast, we had a conversation a few weeks ago, whenever it was, we were saying that acting can be healing for the actor because it allows them to choose roles that are going to give them the opportunity to confront parts of themselves that they may have disowned or hidden from themselves because of the conditioning of the world. So basically, they, they can use the acting process to integrate their shadow self and become more whole and transcend their current version of themselves with limited stories and all that kind of stuff uh, through the acting process. It's a kind of catharsis that makes them more real. But yeah. ultimately, if it's true what Shakespeare said, you know, that all the world's a stage and we're all players, everybody is acting out scripts anyway, but they're not aware of it. And so you do get these situations on a, a global scale, like what's going on in the Middle East or you know, all around the world, really, and to different degrees, where scripts and stories are being played out so that to some extent, people are forced to face the shadow that they've been hiding from themselves. And it seems destructive on the surface. And of course it is, like there's a lot of awful things that are going on. But through the process of that destruction, there is a kind of movement towards more truth or more realness as, you know, the process of destruction and creation is kind of uh, played out. 
I don't know if I'm making it too complicated, but do you think there is something there? So we're all acting, we're all following scripts, but sometimes we're doing this because we need to integrate parts of ourselves that we're not even aware of. And so for some reason, from the unconscious, we're basically prompted to do things that you know seem destructive, but they might not be. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the there's a, 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 um, a saying or a term or, you know, or what have you called the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And within the hero's journey mm-hmm. is story structure. Yeah. But story structure is also the structure of life. Yeah, yeah. So we're in any given time, we're going through it in our own individual lives. Mm-hmm. And in any given time, we're going through it in as a community, we're going mm-hmm. through it as a nation, we're going mm-hmm. through it globally. Uh, nature goes through it mm-hmm. um, on a regular basic is basic uh, basics. It's, it's cyclical mm-hmm. basis is cyclical. Yeah. And it, it's something that we cannot escape. Because it it's just the the universe that we're we're living in, mm-hmm. and so um, mm-hmm. beyond the shadow of a doubt, if there is a, an earthquake right now in Memphis, Tennessee, mm-hmm. um, destruction happens, and we're facing that reality, and we're going through mm-hmm. the tragedy of that reality, indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also is true that there is something beneath this rea- this horrific reality that we're going through mm-hmm. that we can assign to ourselves new meaning so that when we come out of it, it then holds mm-hmm. value uh, for our future mm-hmm. selves. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard to, to in it, when people are going through it, it's hard to, to name these kinds of things because then... Mm-hmm. For them, there's a, a sense of insensitivity to the the, mm-hmm. the tragedy or the horror mm-hmm. uh, that's going on. So you know, we some things we just have to take at face value mm-hmm. uh, for the urgency mm-hmm. uh, of the horror that's going on. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scope yeah. of things, yeah. um, you know, there's there is always a, a reason and a purpose uh, when things happen that for the future has the potential to create mm-hmm. um, transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, not to be religious, but Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, mm-hmm. emphasis on the word die, mm-hmm. it abides by itself alone. But if it dies, mm-hmm. it bears much fruit. Yeah. And these tragedies and horrors that's happening in the world. Wow are happening to remind us of what is actually going on Mm. in ourselves, Mm. in our imagination as global consciousness. Mm -hmm. The only way that we can have the leaders that we have and we can have these horrors is because as a collective consciousness, we are telling ourselves that story (laughs) within us. We're, we're violent in ourselves. Yeah. So we're violent in ourselves and we're violent in our thoughts and we're violent in our language mm-hmm. and we are allowing for it. Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Yeah. And if we're dealing with justice where we are, true justice, <clears throat> mm-hmm. then it's a threat to justice everywhere. And it's bound. we're bound to see the reflection of that in and over time. And like I said, what's happening there can happen here. What's mm-hmm. happening there can happen in Europe. 
what's yeah. happening there can happen in Asia um, and has happened and has happened in these different parts of the world because mm. of uh, we allow for it to happen. You know, we say that, um, you know, uh, black lives la- matter, but then there's hatred against uh, people that are, you know, um, you know, uh, homosexual, what have mm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we say that, that, we, we we stand up for for gay rights but then we 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 have uh hatred for uh hispanics or mm-hmm. uh, asians you see what i'm saying yeah 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 when that when those dynamics are there we're basically as as a human family are are, are setting ourselves up to allow for mm-hmm. things to get to a place where we begin to see that kind of hatred mm-hmm. unfold mm-hmm. in yeah. and over time yeah. You know, because we allowed it in this world. So it's gonna it's gonna show up. Yeah. So many important things in what you just said. But I think if I was gonna summarize it all, it's ultimately about how what goes on inside us as individuals and our relationship with what's real and how able we are to face the truth within ourselves affects the world outside of us like really the individual world and the collective world are the same thing they're an extension of each other and if we're telling ourselves unreal stories about who we are because of social conditioning and shame and guilt and trauma and and, you know all the stuff in the past that causes us to doubt ourselves if we tell ourselves unreal stories then collectively we build an unreal world That's how I see it, right? And there's another relevant quote by Jesus. Jesus said, a corrupt tree brings forth bad fruit. And yeah, and the world ultimately is the collective fruit of our relationship with ourselves as individuals. That's right. Yeah, and it all comes down to the stories that we tell ourselves. And it does go through cycles, you're right. Like I, I think everything is a journey in the human experience from fragmentation uh, to wholeness. We become fragmented because of these emotions I keep talking about. Shame and guilt and trauma, they cause us to disown parts of who we are. The day that happens, we end up wearing a mask, become fragmented, and then we go out into the world telling ourselves all kinds of unreal stories to keep the mask in place because we're scared to let it slip and bring the truth back into our lives uh, because then we have to face these emotions in the short term that have caused us to hide in the first place. Most people are running around telling themselves these unreal stories. Collectively, that has the emergent effect of the allegories and metaphors that we see in the world around us being a reflection of that. And there is something, I think, about the yoga thing that can help us to understand this and rewrite the stories individually and then collectively and I think the only way we can change the collective story is to just work on ourselves. Like, I don't think we necessarily need a big movement or anything like that. We just need to reconnect to the truth in our own lives, allow the unreal stories to dissolve, and then put ourselves back on a path where a real story has been written in the sense of us moving towards wholeness, which is going to bring more wholeness into the world, or to quote Jesus again, to bring good fruit into the world instead of bad fruit. So... When I I do yoga like every day Uh and 
there's two things I love about yoga. One, that it finishes in Shavasana, corpse pose. I think that's a great metaphor for these cycles that you're talking about. Because uh-huh. at the start of the pose, you know, you, you're born, I guess. At the start of the session, sorry. At the end of it, you die. You're in this state of relaxation and dissolution. And then you get up and you go out into the world. You take the yoga off your mat and you can be more real. So the first thing I love is just being in Shavasana. Like, that's what it's all about. The second thing, though, is that feeling of dissolution. So when I have a really good yoga session, by the time I'm done, the unreal stories that I've been telling myself, the illusions that I may have identified with and attached to, it all dissolves. Like, dissolution is the perfect word for it. Because in in those moments, my identity is gone even if just for like five minutes, whatever it is, uh, my body is one with, you know, my surroundings and I can just kind of dissolve into everything else. And it sounds, you know, kind of crazy if people haven't experienced it, but that's what happens. And I believe in those moments where I've dissolved and, you know, I've become one with, with my breath and everything else, that is my true identity. That is the true real story right there. And if I can go out into life after the the yoga session and remember that that's who I am, not all this chatter in my head, but the language without words that you alluded to or talked about earlier, then I am putting something more real into my relationship with life. And by extension, that is going to allow me to be putting good fruit into my life, basically. And so there's two things there that I guess are questions for you is one, is this feeling of dissolution relevant to all of the things you talk about when it comes to yoga and storytelling? And then two, if we can get to that place where we have kind of dissolved, even if it's just temporarily, and we experience that that realness, does that affect what you were saying about the fruit that we bring into our lives, I guess, like the way that we can manifest the life that we want and all that kind of stuff? It comes from dissolving those old stories through yoga or some yogic thing, which can be anything. That is the creative process, I believe. And then we can basically take that out into our lives and live better lives. So that was a very a long ramble. <laughs> but what do you think? Yeah, it's okay. Absolutely. What what um, uh, does that is is that we believe that we're fragmented, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> when you feel that you're fragmented and that you're separate or distant, it creates this idea of limitation and lack. And it's quite natural when you feel like there's limitation and lack for you to get the anxiety and fear Mm. and get into survival mode um, to the point where you, you do things to harm other people because you believe that something is happening, something is running out, time is running out, Mm. uh, resources are running out, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm separate from this or that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we, you know, wow. start to make decisions that way and we become depressed and we mm-hmm. get anxiety because we think everything is, is fragmented and, mm-hmm. um, we're losing time, we're losing money, we're losing relations. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just goes on and on because we think mm-hmm. that we're fragmented and what yoga does and storytelling mm-hmm. where they, 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 where the connection is, is yoga is about union. Yeah. It's about the realization of oneness yeah. and harmony. Yeah. 
and universality. Mm. And storytelling also <laughs> is about union. Yeah. And about oneness. Yeah. And about <laughs> universality that we all are mm. experiencing mm. this together. So that when we tell stories, there's that moment where time stops. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a sense of silence. Even though you're telling the story, just imagine the audience, there's a silence there. Mm. Every now and then a burst of laughter, every now and then some tears, but ultimately watching a movie, mm. um, going to a concert, I consider uh, music to sometimes be in that same space, watching dance. Mm. Um, mm. There's this silence that's there mm. because we all are experiencing mm. something that, that yeah. brings us to a space of oneness, but the person telling the story Mm. also is experiencing mm. this oneness, this beginning, yeah. middle, and end. Mm. And so um, wow. yoga is the same way. There's a sense of uh, storytelling within yoga through going, going through the postures, how you start and how you finish, and mm. the mm. conflict in the middle, which is when things can get a little yeah. uh, straining and, and tough, but you make it through. Mm. Notice, too, Mm. That in union and oneness, there's uh, your breath, your breathing transforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your breathing slows down, mm. and a lot of uh, the things that we experience, the trauma that we experience, because we're not breathing, mm. we're holding our breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we're not getting enough oxygen. Mm. And what storytelling does, ironically enough, for the person telling a story, it causes you to harmonize with your body and your mind so that mm -hmm. your breathing now is in tune, is in harmony. Wow. And so it produces the effects. It lowers your blood pressure. It uh, mm -hmm. takes away fear and anxiety. It takes away depression. Mm -hmm. And it gives you a sense of self-worth. And it does that for the audience mm -hmm. in, that, in that moment mm -hmm. because of the the uniting of, of ideas and concepts and experiences uh, that you, we are all having in that moment of storytelling, whether it's one person telling the story or uh, whether it's a group of people telling the story, whether it's in a movie theater or on stage or at a TED Talk or individual, when you're talking to one person, you're telling the story. Really, what I'm doing right now is causing people to breathe a certain way. Mm -hmm. There's a silence that accompanies uh, what's happening here. Mm -hmm. And in that silence, there's um, the ability to heal. I'll explain that in a minute. Well, in yoga or, or Tai Chi, mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. There's a sense of silence. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's this breathing that's happening, rhythmic mm -hmm. breathing. Mm -hmm. There's, and your anxiety and your fear and your depression is slowly dissolving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your self-worth is increasing. Mm -hmm. Your brain and your mind is opening up. Mm -hmm. You're releasing all these toxins. Your, your internal organs are massaging. It happens also when we're, when we're acting or when we're telling stories. They, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, the massaging mm -hmm. of the internal organs are happening. It's better blood flow, mm -hmm. a better flow of water. Mm. right mm. um and it's because of this in your in your whole body and mind and spirit and soul is involved when you're doing yoga and tai chi and your whole mind your whole mind body spirit and soul is mm. also flowing when you're telling stories mm. and so what is this silence oh, well yeah. you know we are not our bodies yeah we live in our bodies mm. 
yeah. so that we can live on this planet, but we're not our bodies. Mm. And when we close our eyes, we see the beginning of who we are. Mm. Mm. And it's black, yeah. it's darkness. Mm. But within that darkness is where you, ideas are born. Mm. Ideas are born from that darkness. And you go deeper into that darkness and there's this phenomenal light. I see it almost every morning when I meditate, this amazing, massive, powerful, bright light. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same darkness that you see when you, <laughs> when you close your eye, when, 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 not when you close your eye, at night. Yeah. And you see the, the dark sky. Mm -hmm. The same darkness mm -hmm. that's in you is there. Yeah. And that darkness produces stars. Mm-hmm. Or sons. Mm -hmm. It's the same darkness that's in your mother's womb. Mm -hmm. And what does that darkness produce? It produces you. Mm -hmm. And so there's this, within the silence, there's this breath. And if you can, if you can imagine it from that darkness, once again, in the earth mm -hmm. comes plants, mm -hmm. trees, grass. Yeah. So this darkness naturally produces, this silence, silence now naturally produces a human being. Yeah, yeah. It produces stars. Mm. It produces nature. It produces your ideas. Mm. And everything, everybody listening out there, take a look around your home or wherever you are, you're only looking at ideas. Mm. They're all ideas mm. that are manifested. Mm. So if then this silence, this darkness can produce a universe or universes, you being one of them, <laughs> then can't this same silence wow. produce healing, yeah. decrease our anxiety and depression, mm. manifest the things that we desire to have, uh, to be, do, and have? Mm. And my answer is a 100% yeah. Yeah. yes. Yeah. That silence that leads to truth, ultimately, is connection. It's a connection to wholeness. And in relation to everything that we've been talking about, which has been amazing, really, in such a short time, the main problem in our lives as human beings is the stories we tell ourselves that make us believe in the disconnection that you were talking about. I, I think that illusion of disconnection and separation is the only problem in the world. But the only reason we have that problem is because we're telling ourselves stories for whatever reason that the disconnection is, is real. When it isn't, it's unreal. It's the opposite of truth and silence and darkness and all the things you just talked about. And if we're stuck in a fragmented story, like we can use your story that you shared at the beginning as an example, right? So if you were shy and self-conscious, there is something going on inside you that's made you believe that you are disconnected from the audience that you're performing to, for example. Once, yeah. once you heard that laughter, it rewrote the script, it flipped the script and it showed you, oh, okay, even though I may have originally thought like I'm standing, standing here on the stage alone, separate, disconnected, I am connected to all of these people in the audience. And the moment that happened, it started to put you on this path that you now found yourself on where 
the stories you tell you were telling yourself were real and they were real because they were about connection they were about wholeness they were about your inherent uh, ability to connect at any time to that that light in the darkness and all the things you just talked about because you you realized what was true and i think ultimately that's that's what this is all about like this whole podcast that i've got is basically about that learning to, to live in a way where you're telling yourself stories that make you more real instead of believing in the bullshit stories you picked up from wherever that make you treat the unreal as real and the moment that you can start riding the reality waves and going in the direction that those true stories want to take you in that is when life becomes just amazing an amazing gift and it goes through cycles like we were saying like bad things happen then we we you know we hit rock bottom or whatever it is and then we find reality again and we can rebuild and put ourselves back on the real path and i think ultimately there's there's something maybe about how okay when we're writing unreal stories we think that we're the only one writing it so you know right. we, yeah so we think it's all up to us we think that in our separation we can just basically write whatever we want but that's never going to work when we get to this place you're sh- talking about and sharing this insight around we're writing a real story because we realize it's not to- it's we're not alone in the writing of it we're writing it in our experiences with other people with you know god truth the universe whatever people want to call it it becomes about interdependence instead of just illusory independence and separation something like that so how would you i guess sum all this up like we've basically uh, reached the <laughs> end of the show like we've just we've been on a we've written a bit of a story in this episode really we've been on a bit of a hero's <laughs> journey but um if you're going to sum all this up and maybe comment on what i just said actually about you know we don't write the real stories by ourselves if that makes sense um how what are your final words of wisdom basically and can you let people know where they can find you as well please sir yeah i i would say that one thing is certain is is not we're not alone in in the writing of the unreal stories as it were mm-hmm. uh we're encouraged yeah. we're encouraged by governments yeah we're encouraged by media yeah we're encouraged by a variety of different versions of tyrants mm. that desire to control the masses. Yeah. And so we do have that mm-hmm. challenge that's in front of us. Um, but we do have the power within ourselves mm. to, to tell ourselves different stories. And right, we, we don't do it alone. Um, we definitely do it together. And it's summed up in one word. And that word is action. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what acting is. Acting yeah. is taking action. Yeah. Uh, as actors, we, ha- you know, what makes great actors is the action itself, oh. not just the words or the or the what's said is what's done. Mm-hmm. And the the act of telling um, a story mm-hmm. has power within it. The act of mm-hmm. uh, taking action, whether you're doing it on stage, film, mm-hmm. or in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting involved with the things that you want to do, be, and have. Mm. Taking action is where mm. the healing begins. Yeah. So mm. the way that you 
write your mm-hmm. your story or rewrite your story is is another word intention mm-hmm. it's your the, the realization that your intention mm-hmm. is what's going to uh drive you and push you and if you can come to the space deep within yourself this is what i believe mm-hmm. that your intention ultimately is to do well mm-hmm. And that your intention ultimately is to do well so that you can help other people do well. Mm-hmm. And getting more in touch with your intention that's going to lead you to the actions mm-hmm. that's going to enable you mm-hmm. to transform your life mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is what I want to leave people with. Intention and taking action mm-hmm. can lead to transformation in your life. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you will influence others to transformation mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Um, and as far as getting in touch with me, uh, you know, you can find me uh, on um, in, in Facebook, uh, Darius Wallace. Uh, whether you go to Darius Wallace or Phil Darius Wallace for Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, as well as um, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then one of the key ways, if you're interested in in engaging more with me you can go to my website at dariuswallace.com or email me Mm -hmm. uh, dariusactor at gmail.com d-a-r-i-u-s actor at gmail.com or dariuswallace.com d-a-r-i-u-s wallace w-a-l-l-a-c-e dot com so basically take action on on one of those things and they can engage with you. I will share all that stuff in the show notes. I'm really happy that you basically boiled all this down to taking action because ultimately that is the only thing that can change anything in in our lives. But if we don't go through this process of understanding what the stories are telling us to do and how they impact our lives, then the actions we take are going to be unreal. And so if, if we understand that, then it comes back to the whole Jesus thing and the corrupt tree bringing forth uh, corrupt fruit, bad fruit. If you don't understand that the stories are, have been implanted in you, then your life will bring forth bad fruit for you individually and then others. If you act on the real stuff, then exactly like you said, your intentions are going to be pure because they're not being distorted by unreal stories. And the good fruit is going to come. So, Darius, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been super edifying. Um, I'll share all your links in the show notes, like I said. But I really appreciate your time and your energy. So, thanks a bunch. Yeah, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. I've enjoyed being here. And uh, blessings to all who are listening. Thank you so much. 